0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. On News Talk.
1: Let's go back to one of the main talking points from the Sunday newspapers and indeed one of the major talking points of the week, the long-awaited agreement uh, cabinet about exactly what the sectoral carbon emissions should be for each individual sector. We're joined in the studio by Senator Pauline O'Reilly, who's the chairperson of the Green Party. Uh, Pauline, thank you very much for coming in to talk to us in the studio this Sunday lunchtime. Um, You were quoted on national radio earlier this week as suggesting that if the Green Party was not able to extract concessions from agriculture at the higher end of the range of 22 to 30, that it it would warrant the Green Party then convening meetings to discuss its future in government. I think that's not now?
0: quite quite what I did say but in any case how, how would you characterize um, what you said this week? W- well, I mean I was the question was put to me about 22 23% which I, you know, said that it, that wouldn't be acceptable to the Green Party. Um I think what we did which was the correct course of action was to reserve judgment until we saw uh what came as well as the 25% and given that there are additional measures. Um I think that it makes us feel better about it but I would certainly say that we would love to see 30% of course we would but I think that you have to bring people with you um, and I think that the best deal was done overall Um, and now I think the task is to deliver and to make farmers in particular feel that it is achievable and but let's not forget about all of the other sectors you know, energy 75% reduction, mm. transport 50% reduction, industry uh, 35 to 40, 45, mm. you know, so including bu- buildings. So there's there's an awful lot of work to be done. And what we wanted to do is get this thing over the line. And what I was really concerned about was um, some government backbenchers and indeed uh, talking about waiting until September and indeed then a complete silence from Sinn Féin about trying to push it. So uh, we needed to get it done. Mm-hmm. We need the measures in the budget and we need to get moving.
1: Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to entertain some of the conversation about Sinn Féin because yes, there's some validity to that criticism but I think the same was also true of some of the government parties that they hadn't made explicitly clear going into the talks what they would prefer as the the ideal range of cutbacks either and I think it, it's, it's not just true uh, only of Sinn Féin. Uh, so then if, th- are you suggesting that the agree party is although you'd have liked more that you will settle for 25% or that there's some virtue to that as being a level at which you you can secure buy-in from agriculture
0: well th- this is about ultimately getting action done um, and so across the board I would say the people are pragmatic about it that this is what could be achieved everyone knows that there's a negotiation that there's a compromise um, but all government parties and indeed all um, opposition parties have signed up to 51% reduction by 2030 that's the main task to be done wherever that comes from but when you look at 25% it's 25% from agriculture but it's also providing opportunities for farmers to to create income um, through anaerobic digestion on top of that and through solar panels Mm. Um, and so we are going to see a diversification, this famous word about diversification, which, um, you know, what exactly does it mean? But it, it does mean changing the model of agriculture uh, um, and it means changing our model of transport. To ensure that we have something that Mm. is approaching carbon neutrality, which is what we've agreed to do, remember, by 2050. Sure.
1: Do you think, though, that it is actually possible to achieve the 25% in agriculture without ultimately forcing some farmers to change the way they operate or to downsize, for example, the size of their herds in ways that they don't want to do? Because it seems to be the case that no one is going to be coerced or forced to do anything they don't want. But if that was surely the case, then you know, people right now will always do whatever is financially advantageous and and they're not reducing their herds as it currently stands. So how are you going to manage to reduce emissions by such an amount? Well, this is
0: is 25% reduction, as I say, and the add-ons that the department and the government has to achieve. It's not about each individual farmer saying, here's the emissions last year, here's the emissions this year. So it is about putting in the measures, the policy instruments that'll help people to achieve it. For instance, last week, there was an announcement on a huge increase in the organic scheme grant and uh, a sixth of all agricultural emissions in this country are from artificial fertiliser. So it's creating opportunities for people to, to diversify. But Farming is very heavily dependent on grants and subsidies. And so this is about ensuring that people have the same income for doing things differently because agriculture is you know amounts to 37.5% 37.5% of all emissions mm. in Ireland like it's it's substantial but so indeed is a 25 reduction in, no, the, I, in the you know in the higher yeah. emitting industry so it's, it is massive um, and but, but, you, you,
1: but you can do it simply just by changing the financial incentives so that people are incentivised to do stuff which is more eco-friendly rather than the pursuits that they're currently doing
0: Well as well, I, be- I believe that you can I mean it, um, anaerobic digestion is one instance particularly where we're going to see farmers grant aided to do um, anaerobic digestion in a way that's different to previously mm. because but, it's going to be based on having the right kind of fertilisers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: We know we should just explain for people who aren't familiar with the, the whole nuances of it because I'm conscious that we may not have too many agriculturally minded listeners. When we talk about anaerobic digestion, what exactly are we talking about there? How does that present an opportunity for farmers? What exactly does it actually mean?
0: Yeah, it presents an opportunity for farmers and the country because what it means is creating gas out of things that would be like manure, Uh, grassland um, multi-species wards which is like you know clover and that kind of thing and or your waste indeed like kitchen waste and creating gas out of that that's what anaerobic digestion is previously there have been some criticisms of it because it might still be using um, nitrogen fertiliser rich Uh, kind of Mm. products whereas this plan would be no it's got to be something that adds to biodiversity as well and actually we think that with the increase now under this plan you could actually get 15% of our gas supplies from anaerobic digestion alone and the cost of that is much much lower than the kind of gas that we'd be importing so it it actually helps with our energy as well so it's got that two benefits Uh,
1: One thing which we saw on Thursday evening after these plans were confirmed by government was uh, a little bit of criticism from those in the the agriculture sector, community, call it what you will, that uh, the net contributions that they might be asked to make, like, for example, if a farmer decides to devote some of their land to solar or if they grow biomass or if they contribute to anaerobic digestion or if they decide to grow timber on their land instead of livestock farming like they might currently do, that that doesn't count towards agriculture emissions. That that ends up getting counted as a contribution towards energy. And they feel like it's not terribly fair that 25%, anything that they might do, which is inverted commas, bad, counts as agricultural emissions, but anything they might do which is good doesn't get counted as agricultural contributions.
0: Well, it's 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 not really, you know, as straight as as clear cut as that, but I have obviously heard of all of the um of all of the comments and I really think it's important to allay people's fears because it's about it's not about an individual farmer having to show they've, they've reduced things by 25%. It's about what the government does. And actually those extra things are the things that will replace income for farmers. So they are an important part. But under EU accountancy rules, you, you can't just say well you're producing energy, let's just count it as agriculture. I mean that that just doesn't work in the same way as five solar panels on my roof. I can't just say, you know, include that in you know, in the fabric of the building. when so, actually so that it's would
1: count as buildings so that no, when, when we're talking about reductions exactly. in, in residential buildings if you put carbon panels on your roof that doesn't count no, towards No it, ca- it
0: counts towards energy, energy because it's actually bringing something into energy and it's displacing something else but to go back to that issue over um you know th- the the good practices versus the bad. There are good practices literally all over the country and I would say like in the west of Ireland which is where I've come from this Mm. morning obviously Galway um, you know a lot of farmers are not heavy emitters so it is about changing the practice to lower emitting types of practices. Um, Organics is just one example. Some farms can do more tillage um, planting small forestry that's what we passed recently in a bill is to have like one acre of uh, deciduous forests Per, per farm, if we can achieve all of these things, it actually changes the, it changes the biodiversity, but also it, in the end of the day, it probably does reduce, uh, mm. you know, the herd, but not in a way that is forcibly taking it off but you've only got so much so, space so you're So you're doing see, you something. see livestock
1: numbers as falling but not in a way that actually instructs anyone to do it you no. think it'll just be the natural outcome of what farmers well, do like, as a result well, of this Well
0: that's what this plan is about and I think it's the correct path uh, there are some other countries that have forcibly done it but I don't believe that that's what we need to do and that's not what this plan is
1: you would understand if people think that there's mixed messages there because the Taoiseach has talked about the national herd stabilising and he's, he conspicuously refuses to talk about the size of the national herd which, which I know is even a contentious term in and of itself because it sort of prescribes or it presumes that there's some sort of national control or ownership over all of the country's livestock but but people get the idea but he says that the the national herd if you call it that will stabilize but uh, consciously never says it's going to fall but you, you think that the natural product of all of this is that it's going to fall somewhat naturally anyway
0: I think I think somewhat naturally it is going to um, I think there's going to be a, as I say to go back to that awful word that people don't always understand what it means me included um, diversifying you know it means that you're doing different kind of practices some tillage we've seen like that the government had to um, get involved in, in the third fodder crisis for instance for the country mm. that fodder was feeding animals so we do need a you know a kind of sustainable agriculture in the country that it really pri- feeding people rather than just feeding animals. Both are necessary mm. in our agricultural model but it's, it's shifting the balance somewhat to a different type of agriculture and it also really helps our water quality. Okay. S- Southeast East particularly um, d- hit by, you know, runoff from fertilizer rich lands.
1: I, I know you were in transit this morning coming up to Dublin so I don't know whether you've had a chance to delve into all of the Sunday papers in the depth you might like but it's reported today in the Business Post that the um, scale of, of emissions for energy were originally going to be at the higher end of the range. They were going to be pursued at 80 or 81%, the maximum amount that was outlined. And then the plan was downsized just a little bit and it's been brought back to 75% because of the Money Point power station, which is operated by coal. Coal we currently import from Colombia. And the acknowledgement that we're going to be dependent on that power station coal fired for the forthcoming years. So we actually literally could not afford to set a higher energy threshold. When you talk about sustainability, it doesn't seem very sustainable that we would be downgrading our energy ambitions because we are dependent on a power station which we know is powered by fossil fuels and that we've got no alternative to get away from.
0: Well, you know, in an ideal world, we would have tomorrow, we would say no gas to anything. Let's not have any electricity that is reliant on gas. But about 50 percent of our electricity in Ireland does come from gas Um, and and. And other fossil fuels so it, it absolutely we have to be practical about it we have to be pragmatic and we see even yesterday Putin saying you know he's he's turning off the gas to Latvia so it's country after country that is uh, is really mm. impacted But,
1: so but climate sceptics will often come back into to my Twitter mentions I'm sure to yours as well and every time they talk about Irish people being asked to do things that they consider uncomfortable or inconvenient they'll reply with screen grabs upon screen grabs of all these other countries elsewhere in the world which are responsible for far more emissions than Ireland is and how they're all turning back on their coal-fired plants because they need the energy security. And there'll be an argument that, well, if if little old Ireland with with the small amount of emissions that it's responsible for has the Green Party's leader as the Minister for Energy and it is firing up a, a coal plant to supply its energy needs, then does that not completely undermine this whole idea that we are actually trying to be well behaved, that we're trying to shrug off our, our reputation as being climate laggards, that we are supposed to be ambitious when, when we're still firing up a coal plant and we're going to be doing it for the foreseeable?
0: We have two things to deal with. One is, it, one is a global energy crisis and the other is climate and they have to be done together. The medium term is is uh, that we have to have our own indigenous we have to have our own supply of energy and the natural thing there is wind and is solar and those things are already really ramping up in Ireland um so the so the, there's actually been under this plan uh, an increase of uh, bet- so it was 5 5,000 gigawatts and now it's going to be 7,000 mm. gigawatts from wind. Solar is also doubled in this plan compared to what was expected before Wednesday. Mm. So, um, you know, and we've had the first solar farm has has opened uh, only in the last month or so. So both things mm. are happening, but we do have to deal with both and, and have to be pragmatic. But the only way out of this is to invest in, uh, in renewables mm. and 75% reduction by 2030 is is massive mm. and it also doesn't include some of those other things as I mentioned around anaerobic digestion. Yeah. So well, enough, so, there, yeah. so there are other things. Uh, you know. Just
1: b- Before I move off the, the emissions deal though um, some people will sort of wonder whether all of the, the political um, hot air Pardon the pun, um, has been worth it in the last couple of days when the cabinet hasn't actually outlined plans to cut emissions by fifty-one percent. That the figures that they have published only would cut emissions by 43 or 44%, but there is an awful lot of faith being put on some unstated, presumably to come online sometime soon, new technology that will do the rest of the heavy lifting. That there's five megatons equivalent of CO2 emissions which are being presumed will be phased out. And we've got no idea how.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things in that in that extra few percent that isn't accounted for in this this uh, week's um, announcement. And one of those is awaiting a land, land use review. So that's how we use our land. You know, how much is going to be forestry? How much is actually going to be mm. ana- anaerobic digestion? And that's due in the next 18 months. So I mean, that will make up some of the difference? That will make up some of the difference. But it is true to say that there is some that is is unknown. Mm. Um, it is a small few percent but it still is significant uh, and I'd love to see that that would have been agreed but actually um, it's probably the correct course of action to say that we do know and it's the Danish model as well we do know that things shift that we have to be flexible. If you had said to a farmer six months ago nine months ago uh, something about multi-species swords which is changing from grass to like clover and, and other things Um nobody would have believed that that was going to shift things Mm. and now it's in mainstream media you know I hear the Minister for Agriculture talking about it all the time so things do shift So you don't think it's all
1: that airy fairy that it is actually tangible or that it's in the near term
0: uh, Yeah absolutely Because because if
1: it's not then you'll have farmers and other people in agriculture and indeed in other sectors coming back and saying well you told us it was only going to be 25 but now if you need to claw back some more well, you're going to come for the eyes to sectors and agriculture is then going to feel like it's first in target when you need to come back and gain more.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that we I think that we look number one, we all need to work together. And I think that everybody, no matter what section of the society they're in, has to realise that it's a massive, it's a massive uh, mammoth task. And by 2030, I'd love to be saying we're net zero. But, but the target is fifty-one percent, mm. so we have to be realistic. We have to try and find new technologies where we can. But the majority is accounted for, and this was huge. Uh, and even the you know the um, the chair of the climate change advisory council has said it's an important milestone. It's not the end mm. by any means. She, it was an incomplete milestone, she, but, it, she but, it did, is a but it's but it's a significant one. Yeah. And I would agree with her on all of that. It is incomplete, but we also need to see what's coming in the budget that'll support farmers in September because that's a that's a huge part of it
1: So in short then when you suggested or when you were asked earlier in the week whether there should be some scope for the Greens to to convene and consider its future in government broadly speaking you're happy with the week's work
0: I think, yeah, I mean, the, the members certainly are, but this isn't really about about uh, individual parties. This is about the fact that you know we have a coalition agreeing on the next steps, and I think that the that the country needed that um, security to know where we're going, um, and it, 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 we also need to see then what comes in the budget, uh, the the uh, consultation on solar opened yesterday Mm. or friday and again farmers need to have their say in that as do we all
1: uh just at this point in government because you're about halfway through the term now could there be a rotation of of government of uh Taoiseach in in five or six months how do you you see that the green party's place in government because obviously there's been you could you could present this week as being some kind of a victory that you know you you've managed to convince two parties which have their fair share of of I don't want to say climate sceptics, climate deniers, but certainly people who didn't want to commit to the sort of action that they've now committed to. And you can argue that's only because the Green Party is, is part of the coalition. But it's also been a fairly unhappy ride. There are two members of your parliamentary party who are currently suspended who want to have to reapply for their positions back in November. Has it been ups or downs or how would you assess how it's been for the last two years? I know you haven't been chair for those full two years, but what's your uh, assessment anyway? I
0: I think going into government is always going to be a challenge for a smaller party. Um, And I don't want to put the focus on, you know, our party. Like, I suppose we are in the position where we... feel very strongly that things need to be achieved, change needs to be achieved. And I think that we are in a route where we are seeing that happen as three government parties together um, and, it, you know, you, you will have seen that, that people broadly in the Green Party support what's happened this week, think that a good job and was done, that the, the negotiations were successful and, um, and it's a, a position to move on from. But, you know, when it, comes, when it comes down to it I think people have already seen changes in terms of the 20% reduction for public transport 50% for young people and uh, and that's already had a massive increase in public transport we'll see 41 mm. new carriages for trains next year uh, we're seeing renewables already rolling out so um, all of these things are already happening and circular economy obviously sure. is already starting uh, In the confidence vote in the
1: government a couple of uh, weeks ago and mindful that, that NASA Harrigan and Patrick Ossler aren't currently members of, of the Greens Parliamentary Party but they released a very short statement to say that they'd reached an accommodation or an understanding that would allow them to vote in favour of the government at that time. That suggests that there was some kind of transaction or commitment given to those two members in exchange for their vote for the government. As the party chairperson is that anything you can comment on?
0: Well I certainly haven't heard of, of anything along those lines. Um, I think ultimately we all want including I'm sure um you know, NASA and Patrick want us to be successful in our aims and we work very well together and we'll continue to do that.
1: And you look forward to welcoming them back in November absolutely, then. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will leave it there. Senator Pauline O'Reilly, Chairperson of the Green Party, thank you very much for making the journey up to to Talk to us this lunchtime on On the Record on News Talk.
0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC Sunday morning at eleven. On News Talk.